You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to the Drive Time show here at Voice of Islam. You're joined by myself Rahil Ahmed and Fahim Nasir. How are you doing for him today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The weather's got better today, right? Like it is. It's starting to get a bit gloomy. Yeah. But um, as you can probably tell, You're I'm a bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a bit bugged up, but okay. um, I'm still here, enjoying this lovely show. While it lasts, you know the the, the weather. I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lovely show. Yeah. Um, so what are we discussing today? I mean, we're we're going to be discussing um, two topics. We, as as we usually do, uh, we're discussing blood cancer um, in the first hour. You know, d- d- discussing and actually raising awareness about blood cancer, and also September being the Blood Cancer Awareness Month. So right. it's an important uh, topic that we have for today. And in the second hour, uh, the topic that we're discussing is tech innovators for good. This is, I think, part three. Part three, yeah, part three of series. a series, yeah. And we'll be speaking to. Uh, Various guests, right? Well, me, <laughs> me mainly. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, so these are the two topics that we have for today. But just before we delve in, uh, go, go into our first program, what is Tech Innovators for good, sort of? What was the idea behind it? If you can just t- tell people quickly. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand what technology is, is being built or worked on to bring goodness into the world. So mm-hmm. today's episode would to give you a little bit of a sneak peek um to, to hear to give you a little bit of a sneak peek it's about yeah. climate change Perfect. so we're going to be looking at different uh startups that are tackling that problem and learning a bit more about the problem itself interesting interesting okay so getting into our first program which is uh blood cancer but before we do we we must tell you this is your program and we uh, if you're going through you know uh, such a condition or you've had family members who've gone through such a condition and you want you want to call us in after listening to the show um give give, give your opinion or things that you had to deal with because experiences are also very very important in this case uh, then do so uh on 0208687878 you can also tweet us at voice of islam uk so as i was mentioning uh, september is a blood cancer awareness month um and and you know we we're, we're going to be discussing discussing how it's important to have courage faith and strength and hope of course during you know the uh, you know d- during a difficult time for you know for, especially for the, the one that's going through such an illness and especially uh-huh. for those who are supporting that person whether it's parents family members wives and and kids yeah i think i think that um whatever whenever you hear the word cancer i think it it, it always it always hits home and like you know it's it's always and not that other illnesses aren't serious i yeah. think that it's just it's got this seriousness associated with it that's oh like and and like you know there are people who have survived cancer who like have uh, different variations which are uh, not as uh, impactful <coughs> yeah. um uh, but it's still that word i feel like it's yeah. it's something that you ought to oh like the person has cancer or or, or i you know do i have like not to take it lightly but like a lot of the times you will end up uh googling some sort of illness and you'll end up start thinking that oh i i have cancer like, 100%, you, you know um, that happens yeah, yeah, all the time do you know what i mean so yeah. um, 
but that's why you it shows like worst, this. Isn't it? Yeah. Because you look at it as one of the worst sort of illnesses that, that are there. And it's sort of the, because I don't know what it is, but when you hear when you hear of cancer, you think of survival being very limited. So yeah. the chance of survival being very limited. Well, I, th- I think it's also like uh, chemotherapy <coughs> um, yeah, yeah. and like the the what's it called the solutions to the problem yes. so to speak um mm-hmm. cures that's it the cures and the medicines are, are very intensive right so i think that's where people uh probably see that i think it's visualized a lot in uh television news media mm-hmm. uh movies and stuff that you know it's a very grueling pr- process i'm not saying that it's not i'm just saying that i think everybody can have that like uh, visualization straight away if you mention like oh you know that person is suffering from cancer I, mm. I, I don't know about you but like in my head I'm thinking oh you know the hair's probably falling out they're probably struggling they're struggling in like like puking etc like it's very like hard on the body mm-hmm. so um yeah, I think that that that's why it's important to have shows like today uh, yeah. in in awareness months like you know uh, blood cancer awareness month <coughs> in, in September uh, to make sure that people understand the seriousness of it, how to prevent it, how to you yeah. know understand it, and how to sympathise with people who have have experienced these things. Yeah, yeah, and um, of course you know being voice uh, voice of Islam, we yep. of course going to mention the Islamic perspective on every topic that we discuss here. Um, we're pretty much aware of this particular verse and you probably have heard our listeners you know, numerous times. It's from chapter 2 verse 287 where Allah the Almighty says, Allah burdens not any soul beyond his capacity and it shall have the reward it earns and it shall get the punishment it incurs. Our Lord do not punish us if we forget or fall into error and our Lord lay not on us a responsibility as thou didst lay upon those before us our lord burden us not with what we have not the strength to bear and efface our sins and grant us forgiveness and have mercy on us thou art our master so help us thou against the disbelieving people now the clause allah burdens not any soul beyond its capacity is actually very powerful um you know refutation of 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 doctrine of atonement if you really think about it it embodies two main principles i mean that first being that the commandments of god are always given with due regard for human capacities and weaknesses. And that purification in this world does not necessarily signify complete freedom from all kinds of failings and shortcomings. All that man is expected to do is sincerely to strive after good and avoid sin to the best of his power. And the rest will be forgiven by the Almighty God. So no atonement is actually needed from the Islamic perspective, as we're saying. Moving on to stats, right, and that's very important. Um, in an article published in 2018, according to Blood Cancer UK, <coughs> um, blood cancer is 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 the fifth most common cancer in the UK, mm. um, with over 41,000 people being diagnosed with it every year, and there are about 250,000 people living with blood cancer in the UK, and one in every 16 men, they say and one in every 22 women would develop it at some point in their lives. Wow. Yeah. Um, it is the most common type of childhood cancer. Every year, more than 500 children aged under 15 are diagnosed with blood cancer. Of these, about 400 have childhood leukemia and about 100 have uh, lymphoma, I think. Is that lymphoma, yeah. Lymphoma, yeah. Uh, the right, the I mean, the risk, uh, you know, of blood cancer goes up as you get older. 
uh, and just under 40% of people diagnosed with it are aged about I think they say 75 and over mm. so I mean before moving forward what is blood cancer is, right, is, is yeah. a question that comes to your mind definitely and I think that you know there's many different forms of cancer and I think for for the awareness of this month like let's let's delve into that so yep. blood cancer is a type of cancer that affects your blood cells it includes uh, leukemia lymphoma melanoma uh, melody Myelodysplastic yeah. syndromes, MDS, mm-hmm. um, uh, and others, including essential thrombocytopenia, <laughs> ET, uh, which is very long yeah, and complicated yeah. words, but polycythemia, medicine, huh? uh, right? Uh, Vera <laughs> and uh, myelofibrosis. Mm. So um, it happens when something goes wrong with the DNA in your blood cells. Blood cells become abnormal and multiply. Abnormal cells do not work properly, and so your blood <coughs> is less able to carry out its role yep. in keeping your body body healthy, mm-hmm. such as by fighting infections um, and helping repair your body. So, yeah. there it is in a nutshell. Um, but yeah. I'm sure we're going to go to our first guest, right? Of course, of course, yes. We do have on the line to speak to us, Hassanain Alidina, who is the country manager for DKMS. We'll be speaking to him now. Assalamu alaikum. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, we thank you for this opportunity mm-hmm. to be on your show and to uh, create more awareness, help people understand more about blood cancer as well as mm-hmm. uh, how best to, to manage that experience in the get treatment. Thank you, thank you. Jazakallah for join, joining us. Um, who are, first of all, the DKMS and uh, what, do you, what do you help with? Right. So DKMS started as a company because of a tragedy with our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, founders, wife contacted um, blood cancer. There were only 4,000 donors at the time in Germany for stem cell, which is one of the best ways to treat it from an unrelated donor, yep. a healthy daughter. And uh, they struggled, and unfortunately, she passed on. And the family, their objective in life that people do not have to undergo this, a similar situation. And they started this whole project from Germany. Uh, and today, DKMS is a global company with presence in seven countries, uh, we register donors in those countries. We also provide patient support in other countries where we are not present. Mm-hmm. And the other world's biggest with over 12 million donors now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, we, we basically are with the spirit that we do not deny anybody treatment because they can't afford it. Okay, that's, that's actually a wonderful uh, endeavor. Um, how does someone actually become a stem cell donor and and are there any some sort of you know special requirement requirements to be one okay so it's it's actually that the process itself is quite simple mm-hmm. uh, we provide uh, swabs that look like cotton buds mm-hmm. and I've sure seen those and probably use that in their life <laughs> um, and all you do is you you rub it in, in the inner cheek and you then send it in an envelope and that allows us to do your what we call genotyping or what we call HLA typing, which is a complex process 
which identifies your genotype and then that allows us to match you as a potential donor if you know you are registered as a donor with a matching patient if ever there is an opportunity for you to donate your uh, stem cells to them wonderful and if you can just elaborate a bit more on then the actual process of you know when the, the you know when the time comes for donating how, what is that process right so once you are a good match mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that we do is we we confirm your hla typing to make sure you are the same person mm-hmm. who actually initially gave us the swabs yeah uh, in that normally involves a blood test uh, and the various other tests that we do and different countries have different uh, requirements as well for testing mm-hmm. and then once you are again confirmed that you are a selected donor that the the transplant center where the patient is happy to have you as a donor they would let us know and then we start the detailed process of the donor undergoing a medical checkup to so they are healthy yes uh, they don't have any other type of um, uh, disease or past disease in their cells that affect the patient and once you go through your medical then we uh, we set up a date for your we agree a date with the transplant center as to when we should do the collection of the stem cell mm-hmm. in, normally that is done at a clinic because we cannot have a waiting time and and then you are asked to go to that hospital or a clinic we look after you in, in you know we, we make sure you are not out of pocket you're leaving your hotel expenses your donor expenses are met there's no compensation for the donor i want to clarify that we do not compensate anything to the donor it's totally a voluntary uh, donation and then we in the evening the courier comes picks up the stem cells from the clinic and physically takes them away to the country where the hospital is awaiting for mm-hmm. the stem cells wonderful so you're not you're not just working in uh, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just emphasizing this you're not just working in the UK but you you're working across Europe or yeah, okay so we have our head office in Germany mm-hmm. and of also a setup in Poland okay Uh, then we are in the UK, the USA, mm-hmm. in Chile, in South Africa, sorry, South America, yeah. uh, South Africa, and India. So this is where we are at the moment, physically having our own setup. Mm-hmm. We also assist certain countries who do not have their own, what they call donor registry. Okay. So where all the donors are registered within the country and uh, it is very hard to access donors worldwide for those countries. So with countries such as Pakistan, uh, the UAE um, and Colombia, we also support that the doctor then can just approach us with the what we call the HLA typing or the genotyping of the patient. And we find them the donor worldwide using the tools that we have available and we help to match them and to make sure that there is a successful uh, um, uh, you know um, trans, uh, um, trans you know transfer of the stem cells and we do this for almost very few pennies it is ext- we, we hardly charge anything because we want to help patients 
our concern is the patients and yeah. we make sure that they're Interesting. And, and you know, two things uh, that popped up in my mind. One is, um, you know, um, whether there are any risks to the donor um, in this process, because people always always think of risks, right? What is a risk to me? And also, <clears throat> if you can also add how much of a need is there for stem cell donors to today, uh, you yeah. know, which HLA group is most needed? Yeah, okay. So, so basically, number one, first of all, risks, uh, I would just say any... Uh, process or procedure will always have its risks, but the risks are very, very minimal because everything is very tightly controlled by regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a health check on the on the donor. Uh, we make sure the donor is very much aware, and if the donor, we never force or cajole the donor to donate. It is very much entirely at their own. Uh, you know, pleasure that they do it for for the will of Allah and for the happiness of Allah. Because this is a, a one type of a generosity you are helping somebody's life. Um, so from that point of view, but we, you know, some um, to be honest, there are very few complicated cases that come out from 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 such treatments because they're very carefully monitored, and we have very stringent world uh, regulated bodies that regulate uh, how we, we manage this process through the clinics. So we don't do the process ourselves; we go to the best of clinics. So say, for example. London, we use the, the London Clinic, mm-hmm. Manchester, the Christie Hotel in Edinburgh, we use the Edinburgh hotel, Hospitals, not the hotel, hospitals. Mm-hmm. So we use, you know, um, um, uh, hospitals that have the specialization for this particular type of treatment. Mm-hmm. The, the second thing is on the need, um, we would say, to be very honest, the need is great, and especially for the ethnic minority communities, mm-hmm. the, African, the African Caribbean, the Indian Asian, um, and all other minority communities. If I just give you one statistics, it's uh, that you know, if you look at Northern European uh, HLA typing, they have got almost 70% of finding a donor, a matching donor, when it comes to ethnic minority, it is t- less than twenty percent. Okay. Because there is a there is a, a resistance within the community to register. Yeah. Fear uh, and other other issues, but really it is uh, it's it's sad that we are in that situation, and it would be nice to have ethnic minority community youths and elders come in and register. And, and help other people have a life. Interesting. And also, I mean, if if if, if there are no side effects, then then uh, you know people should come should be coming forward, isn't it? Yes, they should. Actually, they should. Um, you know, when when uh, I mean, you, you when I say side effects, in the sense that obviously when you are going to donate, there might be some very short term side effects like pain mm-hmm. if you're doing bone marrow yeah. donation, but that goes away after a few days. Yes. Okay, and also, I mean, from our, from from an Islamic perspective, there's great deed in 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 helping mankind and you know um, right. taking care of others as 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 as, as well. I must put that there. Um, okay, and, and and also, um, we wanted to ask you what other things is is DKMS sort of doing in 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 the fight against blood cancers and disorders that you may want to share with us. Sure. So, uh, can I just want just two minutes, just for a minute, if I can just say. 
I think there is sometimes a confusion that uh, stem cell donation is an organ donation. Okay, yes, yes, please. Very, very different uh, feel and fear in people and religious beliefs. It is not. It is just slightly different from a blood donation, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not an organ donation. It's very, very clear that I would like to make sure that you know people okay. understand. So coming back to to DKMS. So what we do is, uh, A, first of all, we have a lot of research. We have our own laboratories. We um, we sponsor grants and awards for great research in stem cells, uh, especially for medical reasons primarily. Yeah? Uh, I'm not looking at the, the cosmetic side at all. Uh, and what we are also doing in addition to that is to have more uh, places where we can reach out to where patients can be supported. So as I explained in Pakistan, uh, United Arab Emirates, etc., we have developed relationships. We are trying to widen our horizon in Africa. So besides South Africa, we are working with other countries as well. And we are trying to also help patients with thalassemia. So we treat patients with thalassemia, which is very common within the Asian community. And, and we are trying to now also look at sickle cell for the African community. So um, these are the kind of main activities. Obviously, DKMS is a, is a large organization. There's a lot that goes on. And we try and register as many donors as we can so that we give more patients more chances to find a successful match. Wonderful. Um, and uh, um, I mean, lastly, uh, thank you so much for covering all these different aspects, of course. How can our listeners find out more about, you know, yourselves, your organization? Yeah. So if you Google us, if, you're, if your listeners Google us on DKMS uh, and they will see our history there and they sh- if they contact us, uh, we will reach out back to you. So we do a lot of programs within communities, be they religious, uh, be they regional within the UK and in Scotland and all these kind of areas. Uh, we also do corporate uh, drives in companies. Uh, and if, unfortunately, one of your listeners' family is affected mm-hmm. uh, or have a member of the family who is affected, we'd be quite happy to help them mm-hmm. to develop donor drives, etc so that we can register more people in the chance of finding a donor. Because it is your hospital that looks for the the matching, but we can help the family take this away from them and, you know, carry that that side of it so they can focus on the patient in the family and we can help them uh, manage the other side of trying to raise more, more donors as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking to you, Hasnain. Jazakallah. May Allah bless you with this wonderful work you guys are doing. And hopefully in future we'll be speaking to you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you very much. Jazakallah. Thank you. 0208-687-7878 is the number to call if you want to add and you know your experience or what you think about the topic that we're discussing today. But I think uh, it's interesting what you know some of the developments that are taking place you know in this mm-hmm. field and and people of course you know these different charities are doing their best in order to help mankind as as you know as a whole. Um, and of course, we have other guests that we'll be speaking to with regards to, you know, leukemia and uh, also, you know, other details. Yeah. Um. I think, yeah, I think one thing that we should discuss is a bit more is, is the symptoms yep. of blood cancer. I think that um, 
you know we should be aware like I don't want to scare people I don't like you yeah. know, but we should know what the symptoms are and um, so we, we have a list for you um, according to the Blood Cancer UK um, these s- symptoms include for, for blood cancer is weight loss that is unexplained right and again bruising or bleeding that is unexplained lumps or swellings shortness of breath drenching night sweats infections that are persistent recurrent or severe fever of 38 degrees celsius or above that is unexplained rash or itchy skin that is unexplained pain in your bones joints or abdomen tiredness that doesn't improve with rest or sleep and paleness so there are some symptoms in different skin tones as well so some symptoms of blood cancer can look different for these different skin tones so we're just going to speak about that for a bit um bruises generally start at uh, start at as red patches which change color and get darker over time on black and brown skin bruises may be difficult to see initially but as they develop they show up as a darker than skin the skin around them rashes often appear as clusters of tiny spots or large blotches on black and brown skin though they may have more of a purple or darker than the look to the surrounding skin on lighter skin they typically look red or purple and then if you press on them um, petechia and purpura don't fade so and then lastly um, with paleness that might mean someone looks unusually pale because they have too few red blood cells like a kind of gaunt looking but like pala is often more immediately noticeable in light skin and people with black or brown skin may look grayish and their palms look paler than usual so yeah those are the symptoms thank you so much for for covering that um look speaking of from the islamic perspective you know this may um you know it's 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 not a topic that excites people right it's of course, of course it's something that um who wants to think about that yeah exactly yeah. i mean the, the, so the point is i mean one of the things that we do need to discuss is 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 is, is the fact that death um is something that we're all going to experience that's that's mm. the that's the ultimate truth um the chapter 21 verse 36 of the quran tells us that every soul shall taste of death and we pro- and we prove you with evil and good by a way of trial and to us shall you be returned um so you know there are two ways to test them the the metal of a person by 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 making him pass through the fire of trials and tri- 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 tribulations mm. and by bestowing upon him wealth and material power and prosperity god tries his servants in both these ways so you know what we often talk about or you know perceive to be unfairness yeah inequality you know in society that we see in in the eyes of god both of those categories are going through their own trial mm. and that's the that's the beauty of it because at the end of the day to a believer this life is limited mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to end and this is what this is where the reminder is for a believer that this uh, life is not everything yeah. yes you are a prophet refers to it as someone you know I think he, he referred to it as um, someone who's traveling right and he has to reach a destination 
on the way to get some rest he uh, finds a tree and he you know so, takes yeah. a bit of, you know a bit of rest mm. so this 80 90 100 years of you know of our lives whatever it is is that rest that way basically taken um and i think this i think understanding this and i think i think from the perspective of believers mm. um this is something that brings them solace and peace this understanding because to us it's not all darkness it's not light switched off and then that's it nothing else yeah yes there is a uh, fear of consequence of us being on the right path doing good to to to, to others yeah. you know not usurping other other people's rights because we will be asked for it because in this justice system of the world there are many who many criminals who are who go free and there are many um innocent who are punished yeah right so there has to be there has to be ultimate um judge there has to be a time where mm. ultimately uh, you know things are set right um so so i think this is this this is the the understanding that we also you know need to have and i think from 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 the religious perspective whatever religion people may may belong to one of the things that do give them a solace and peace and much more understanding of death not fear, like less fear of death mm. is is afterlife and the understanding of afterlife and we're speaking from the from the islamic perspective of course yeah. um you know a believer is always you know a believer is looking forward to meeting his lord Yeah. This, these are all the things that have been spoken about in the Quran, you know, in in, in the Word of God and and by the Prophet himself. Right. So this is often like um, one of the things that I've experienced with not just blood cancer, obviously, in, uh, but any type of uh, illness that's you know causing someone you know to potentially pass away. Um, what what would you say to someone? Because it's it's one of those question times for you, real sorry. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, what would you say to someone who says you know like why is this happening to me like why what did i do wrong or like cuz i hear that quite often yeah. i hear that like um where it's like oh you know this bad thing is happening to me or my health is you know being impacted or sometimes yeah. people can say hey why did that child who's literally like you know been 3 years old or 4 years old got cancer like what did they do like why are they being punished Like, could you just explain a bit of that? It's a tough question to be. To, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not an easy one for. I know it's not it, a it's black a hard, and white question. No, no, I, I, know, I know to explain it. Mm. But from now, there are examples of people who have gotten cancer. They were very much away from the religious life, or let's say the you know the the, the spirituality. Super spirituality, let's let's say. Yeah. But that cancer was, they say, that was a blessing for them to bring them mm. back to God. and them to be aligned in you know with the process and knowing that look I need to do good one of the examples ali banath right you there's they've got a huge charity amit tw something like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know a well well wealthy young young lad who was living his life right and then all of a sudden he you know he he found out i think it, it, i think it was blood cancer mm-hmm. and from then on was there's many interviews of obviously if you go online and you ask him and he he's calling it a blessing yeah. and 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 he goes because this has brought me back to the purpose of life or it is i've been able to mm-hmm. you know um distract help people and all the things so i think it's perspective that's that's mm. the main thing because because the idea is if there the you know if there is no god then what is the answer mm. it's just a na- na- natural occurrence that that happen and at the end your eyes closed and you're done right mm. and as i was mentioning before was from the islamic perspective even if a thorn pricks you mm. the you know, the prophet said he said your sins are removed and 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 you you're, you're rewarded for that even yeah. a thorn if it yeah. pricks you right so what about someone a child who's going through this mm. or their parents that you know the you know the reward is is huge for those people mm. because it's as i was saying 
and this is the this is the verse that we were going to you know uh, mention Allah says that we will try you you know in chapter 2 verse 156 he's never said in the Quran that we will not try you he's never yeah. said you will you won't but he, he tells us that that and we will try you he says and he will try you with, with some, some something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and lives lives and fruits but give glad tidings to the patient so patience is some it's is is an attribute that that becomes visible or becomes apparent when people are going are going through these things and honestly um so far in my experience of people who someone in my family lost a very not to cancer but just lost um their newborn mm-hmm. just passed away nobody knows what they do now cancer or not they passed away right mm-hmm. Everything was fine. All of a sudden, gone. This was like, I think, a year or two ago. Mm. I mean, I did not hear any word from that person which which was along the lines of what you're trying to portray. Yeah. And and majority of the people, you know, that in my experience, that I've come across, that are, from, mm. that are faithful. Uh, I've, I've only come across people from, from, from the Islamic faith. Yeah. They, all, they always say this phrase, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun, that yeah. we belong to Allah and to Him we return. Right, hmm. so I think this is this is some this is, this is the experience. But I, but I, but again, we can talk more on this yeah. further. But I think we do have another line. Our next uh, guest we're speaking to Zach uh, Pemberton Whitley, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. May peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Assalamu alaikum, Zach. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Can you hear us, Zach? Yes, I can hear you. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, let me first introduce you. We're speaking to Zach, uh, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Leukemia Care. Uh, Assalamu alaikum once again. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. So we're discussing blood cancer. Um, you know, this being the you know, the the, you know, the awareness month for it. Um, could you maybe first, if you can begin with, uh, you know, um, you know, if you can explain to us who are leukemia care and 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 what and what do they actually do? So leukemia care is the UK's leading uh, leukemia charity, and we provide support to anybody affected by leukemia and other forms of blood cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's not just patients; that's also their families and their friends. And anyone who comes to us um, and wants to receive either information or support as a result of their diagnosis. Um, and it's really nice to be speaking to you as part of September's Blood Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you a little bit more about leukemia and what's involved. Of course. And you know, before we delve into le- leukemia, what does this care, if you can also tell us, involve? So leukemia care provides a whole range of support um, for people affected um, to cope with the different uh, impacts that a leukemia diagnosis can have. Um, so people naturally think about just the health impact, mm-hmm. um, but it can also have a huge emotional impact for patients and their families. So we provide services such as a helpline, uh, a network of support groups up and down the country, um, counselling funds. We fund counselling for patients and their families. Um, but also there's a financial impact of being diagnosed with leukemia and other cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got welfare benefits advice, as well as direct financial <clears throat> grants for patients and their families, um, and a whole range of other services through campaigning to fix issues that are affecting patients, 
um, and training for healthcare professionals. We try and provide a holistic service to affect all of the impacts of a leukemia diagnosis. Right, and you mentioned campaigning, but what what specifically do you do during uh, Blood Cancer Awareness Month uh, to raise awareness? For, so blood for cancer awareness. Yeah. Thank you. Blood Cancer Awareness Month is uh, a great opportunity for all different types of blood cancers, um, including leukemia, but also other blood cancers like lymphoma, myeloma, um, myelodysplastic syndromes, or myeloproliferative neoplasms. All different parts of the blood cancer community come together to raise awareness of blood cancer. Um, blood cancer is the fifth most common form of cancer, um, and it affects nearly 40,000 people each year in the UK. <coughs> Um, and leukemia care is, is um, focusing on leukemia. Um, so what we're trying to do is raise awareness of the most common symptoms of leukemia, and that includes breathlessness, fever, groin or bone pain, uh, fatigue, bruising or bleeding, and night sweats. Um, and what we do as part of uh, Blood Cancer Awareness Month is we run a campaign called Spot Leukemia, um, and that campaign is about encouraging people to recognise those symptoms, be aware of them, um, and if they're experiencing any of those symptoms, to contact a healthcare professional um, and request a blood test. Tell them they're worried it might be leukemia. For most people, it's not. Um, but even if it's not leukemia, those symptoms are something that you should get checked out by a healthcare professional. Right. And um, so, how did you? Uh, how are you funded as a charity? And you know, how, how, where does that come from? Uh, so, leukemia care are funded by generous donations um, from the public. We're not funded by any government funding. Um, so most of our funding comes from people doing um, events on behalf of the charity. That ranges from local bake sales all the way through to people running events like the London Marathon. Um, and if people want to contribute to Leukemia Care, they can do so easily via our website. And during the month of September, a generous individual um, has asked to rain remain anonymous, um, has offered to double and match all donations that are made to the charity. So if you think of donating at any time, September is a great time to do it. Interesting. And when taking, when talking about an illness, uh, you know, we most likely think of the patient first, of course, and, um, but how are, you know, the families, nurses, etc., supported at Leukemia Care? So as I mentioned earlier, all of the services um, from Leukemia Care are available not just to patients, but also to any of their family members. Um, so things like our counselling fund, um, for example, um, you can get counselling via the NHS if you're diagnosed with cancer in most cases, but for family members, access to counselling um, is, is really important and you can't get it usually in other places mm -hmm. um, but we also do a lot of work with healthcare professionals and um, so we for example work with healthcare professionals all around <coughs> um, to support them but also to provide um, educational material that's accredited um, giving updates on the latest information affecting um, new treatments for leukemia for example um, so yeah we work with healthcare professionals including nurses all around the UK Right and mentioning the 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 research. Um, are there any breakthroughs that have happened in terms of treatment for leukemia that you could share with us? Yeah, so since um, Leukemia Care was established in 1969, we've been around for over 50 years, um, the care of leukemia has um, radically transformed, um, and particularly in recent years. 
Um, so leukemia is an umbrella condition. Um, there's different types of leukemia. Um, that's acute, which is rapidly progressing leukemia types, all the way through to chronic leukemia, which are generally more slow growing. Um, and those are treated differently. Type of leukemia has very targeted different treatments. And there's been a whole range of new treatments come through um, in recent years. One of the most exciting is a treatment called CAR-T therapy. Um, that means chimeric antigen receptor T-cell therapy. And what that involves is taking um, blood cells from an individual, um, taking them out of the body um, and engineering them so that they can recognize tract and site cancer. And then you put that individual cells back into your blood um, and then it can target individual cancer cells to basically in the immune system to recognize and target cancer cells. Um, and leukemia is one of the first places that exciting form of cell and gene therapy happened. Um, but we're seeing it being used in lots of other cases and trials in lots of other types of cancer. Um, and so it's really exciting to have leukemia at the forefront of that new form of treatment. And would you like to give our listeners um, information on how to reach you? Yeah, definitely. If you'd like to find out any more about leukemia care, um, you can find us either on our website, that's www.leukemiacare.org.uk, or you can find us on any form of social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Um, and you can find all of the support that we provide to patients and their families. Um, and if you'd like to, you can, of course, donate by the website as well. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight, or you can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. So, what were we discussing before that? Yeah, guest? I think we were discussing. Um, yeah, the I think you are you 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 asked a question. I think I've, I think I've answered it um, yeah I feel, but, um, I feel like you did you did like because I, I think that um, I think it's important to realise that without without dark you can't have light you know without night you can't have day without night you yeah. know, so you have to have that kind of opposite and I think that it is down to perspective and yeah some people have viewed calamities or things that you know uh, on the first instance seem really like detrimental or really scary or really like oh I wouldn't wish that on anyone you know then people realise that oh actually it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it helped me change but um, yeah no I, I, I just I often hear that because I think that and cancer is one of those like the reason why it came to my mind is cancer is one of those things it's like mm-hmm. you know people can often feel that way but um, no thank you for clearing that up and it was really good to see that there's charities out there like Leukemia Care yeah. that, um, you know, I, I really like it when I hear about char- charities helping the family members of, mm. of like, patients because you often, you could all, you automatically you think of the, of the patient, You can forget them easily. Right? Yeah. You can forget them easily, yeah. Right, and because, like, 
because you know like for a marriage is like you know it's it's two people involved in that marriage and if someone is like suffering and then you know that partner is probably usually taking a lot on or you know a parent a child or you know so many different relationships where it's just like oh wow and that's like quite a big burden to to share with someone mm-hmm. and even though you may not be suffering from it um you, you know knowing someone close to you that's suffering it, it does take its toll so i do encourage anybody listening that uh, you know is going through that uh, should talk mm-hmm. to someone you should make sure you reach out to charities because you know charities do have these um opportunities out there for family members and and friends as well of course um you know moving forward with the treatment of blood cancer i mean there are a very range of different treatments of blood cancer i mean the treatments your doctors recommend will depend on the type of uh Blood, blood cancer you're diagnosed with um, you know your health and your wishes of course um, you know some people with blood cancer don't need treatment you know straight away you've got to you know wait, sort of watch and wait uh, you know some need some never need it right and um, if you have a slow growing blood cancer your doctor may recommend watch and wait and, yeah. and, and also you'll be monitored with regular checkups and blood tests and you know uh, but you won't need to have an active treatment uh, more on this later but we do have on the line uh, uh, we do have another guest on, on the line Dr. Basma Ikram uh, Dr. Basma Ikram is a junior doctor she studied at King's College London and graduated in 2018 and she's currently training to be a GP Assalamu alaikum peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and welcome to the Drive Time Show Thank you so much for joining us um, for the benefit of our listeners, could you introduce yourself and tell us what experience you have within the hematology area? Uh, yes, yeah, so as you explained, I graduated in 2018. Um, in 2019 to 2020, I spent eight months working in a hematology department, which is the one that deals with blood cancers. Um, and that was during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so, you know, dealing with the diagnosis, management and treatment to those patients. And then I've also spent a few months working in a pediatric ward, the children's department. And we also had a few, um, two, three patients, uh, children, who've been diagnosed with blood cancer then. Interesting. And what are the main symptoms people should look out for uh, if they suspect that they have a type of blood cancer? Do different blood cancers have different symptoms? Yes, yeah, so different blood cancers have different symptoms. And the reason for that is because blood isn't just made up of one thing. It's made up of red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, which are what makes blood sticky. Um, and uh, it can also affect the bone marrow. But in general, uh, the t- issue with blood cancer is that the symptoms can be really, really vague. So a really common symptom is just feeling really weak and tired all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people put that down to maybe stress from work, maybe um, just generally just feeling under the weather, but that's a really common symptom. You may also uh, get be coughing a lot or getting chest pain. Again, you might think you're getting an infection, but what's happening is abnormal blood cells are building up in your spleen. Um, if you don't have enough white blood cells and you're going to get unwell and just feel you have fevers a lot um, or, ch- or feel chills. Another one is um, waking up in the middle of the night or really sweaty, a night sweat. Or when you wake up in the morning, you realize you're covered in sweat, even though, you know, um, there's no other reason for you to have done that. Any unexplained rash or bruising or bleeding, you might notice that your you know, tiny little injuries are making, you know, giving you really big bruises or injuries, yeah. not feeling very, yeah, not having much of an appetite or nausea. 
uh, feeling short of breath as well, or just noticing that your sort of lymph nodes in your neck, your armpits, your groin, you feel these sort of swollen lumps there. Interesting. And um, um, if you are on a loudspeaker, could you please... um, Turn that off because I think we're hearing our voice back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's, in, it's it's interesting. I mean, one of the things I was thinking of is you know a lot of these different symptoms. We, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them and thinking, I've got a bit of that, right? Or yeah, you know, I've got a bit of a rash. You know, just recently, you know, it may be due to bed bugs or something. But you know, you you, you think about you know your mind straight goes to you know cancer. Why why is why is that the case? And what would you say to people like that I mean how can people actually determine you know whether it is blood cancer or um, it's not of course I think um, in more recent times we've spent I think in the media like you know different TV shows movies cancer's always been a really big topic so I think that's why it's in sort of back of people's minds always um I think it's, it's difficult because the symptoms are so vague mm-hmm. uh, so if you could you know the thing is, it's about the length. You know, if you have a rash that comes up, you know, about a week or two, and then it goes, it, it's, that's not going to be blood cancer. It's highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. But if you have, you know, a persistent rash, and there's no sort of cause for it. You know, if you have a rash because you know you have bed bugs, or you were, you know, you were gardening the other day, and now you've got a rash on your arms, or you're pulling up weeds, mm. you know, you've got a cause and effect that makes sense. If you're tired because you spent, you know, going to go to bed until 4 a.m. the night before, then that's a cause for it. But it's just uh, persistent symptoms. The symptoms are going on for weeks and weeks, and there's no sort of other cause for it. Mm-hmm. Right, and so uh, with that in mind, like, do when when blood tests like uh, are conducted by GPs, like, do they automatically check for these things, or is it the, a specific way? And you know, when from when a patient visits their GP, how long does it usually take for them to be diagnosed? Sorry, there's two okay. questions in there. No, it's all right. So there's no one specific test for blood cancer. Often the biggest clue we have is if there is potential blood cancer, um, then the number of blood cells, whether that's red blood cells or white blood cells, we call neutrophils, or the a part of the blood that makes your blood sick, sticky, the platelets, they will be lower than normal. So generally, for any unwell, anyone who's unwell, if we're doing a blood test, we will test their full blood count. So if we see, as a GP, if you see these changes, you will then send off what we call a blood film. So you smear the blood on a tiny piece of glass and you can send it off to the hematology department and they'll look underneath the microscopes. And that's when they can see if the blood cells are a different shape um, or they can see the cancer cells, essentially. Um, Generally, it should be done within two weeks. And then within two weeks, you should be uh, called to hospital and have... um, you'll get a sample of your bone marrow taken to see what's going on there. But um, right now, because of the pressures on the NHS and the lack of staff, um, it's taking about four weeks. Right. And so who who can de- like develop blood cancer? Is it hereditary or are there some other, more than others like, more likely to develop blood cancer? Could you just give some advice on yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so with every condition, it's got different risk factors. Now, risk factors, just because you have those risk factors, it doesn't mean you're definitely going to develop it. You're just at a higher risk than other people. And also, just because you don't have any of the risk factors, it doesn't mean you're never going to develop blood cancer. So um, we know that blood cancers, some blood cancers are linked to those people who smoked or smoked for a many number of years. We know exposure to certain chemicals 
um, can increase your risk of developing blood cancer. So if you work, for example, with oil, petroleum, if you are exposed to a lot of um, vehicle exhaust smoke, um, during the Vietnam War, Agent Orange, that gas that was used, that was definitely linked to certain types of leukemia. So, um, so that can also increase your risk. Age can be a risk factor. Most blood factor, uh, blood cancers increase with age, so above 60 your risk increases. However, there is one type of blood cancer that's almost always seen in children, particularly young children under the age of 10. Um, family history can also be significant. So if you've got a family member uh, with blood cancer, you're more like, you are potentially more likely to develop one. Um, other conditions, so we know that people with conditions, for example, such as Down syndrome, are more at risk of developing blood cancer. But if you can also get it with none of these risk factors of being completely fit and well. I had one patient who developed blood cancer in 80. Um, he was completely fit. He, ne- he didn't even have to take medication for high blood pressure or any of the normal, you know, diseases that affect the elderly. He was running a triathlon. He ran a triathlon the day before he started chemotherapy. He was that fit. Mm. Okay, the last question that we have for you, Basma, is um, what would you say to those who are worried about their symptoms uh, but maybe afraid to go to the GP? I would say, um, you know, it's understandable to be afraid. You don't want to hear that bad news, but it's better to be safe than sorry. You know, just getting a simple checkup and a blood test can be the difference. With blood cancer, the quicker you start the chemotherapy, the better the outlook. Um, and if they are experiencing symptoms, I'd recommend maybe keeping them in some sort of diary. So then that helps the GP understand sort of whether what period of time, how often they're happening. If there's any rash or bruises or funny skin changes going on, taking photos on your phone, really, really helpful for us. So then we can, you know, we have a bit more of an idea of what's going on. But generally to not put off seeking medical advice. The longer you wait, if it is blood cancer now, then um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're at a certain point where even chemotherapy can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Dr. Basmai. It was a pleasure speaking to you, um, enlightening us and answering our questions, um, basically opening opening our minds and you know going into and searching about this topic a bit more. Thank you so much. Take care. No, it's Zakarasanka. is the number. We are we have come to the end of the program now. Uh, there's so much to discuss, but the good thing is I think our guests have covered us. Uh, you know, with a lot of the things that we were gonna um, mention. Um, anything to say for you? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, what uh, Dr. Basma said um, is really important. I think keeping a diary. I think that. Um, there should be some sort of guide. I was just thinking about this. I think there should be some sort of guide that, like, these are daily things to just check that, you know, like, mm. keep to keep an eye because it's, it's only over it. Haven't you ever been to the doctor, all right, and the doctor will be like, okay, so how often you this or something like that? And you're yeah. like, oh, I have no idea. How often do you brush your teeth? <laughs> <Yeah. yet? laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? No. I don't know what you're talking about, man. No. No, I'm just saying like okay, like oh, how long wh- did you have the cough for, or yeah, how yeah, long yeah, yeah. like were you it's feeling hard a to, headache? Hard to right? It's hard to remember, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So I think that. Um, but in the normal days, right? Nobody really thinks about cancer, right? No, I know. But, I know. but it's just that we're speaking about it, and, and a lot of thoughts come to your mind, exactly, right? It's right. Just, uh, no, but, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. That there should be some sort of like general thing that like yeah. okay, these are things to look out for on a daily basis. You should keep an eye on these. Yeah, I think one of the most important points that I do want to cover is keeping faith and hope in difficult times. Gather your mental strength and whenever you you know where you can and whether that's speaking through you know you're speaking to your friends and you know uh 
you know having some quiet time also so you can process your thoughts and you know f- um uh you know so whatever it takes to help you you should do that um use mindfulness as one thing you can regain your hope determination positive attitude and help you face your blood counts establish and list your reasons for for getting through your treatment and and and, and recall them every time you're you know you're struggling so there's so many things that that out there when you can do but the most important for us is prayer 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 is indeed a sure uh you know a vow tried prescription for purity of heart and a soul uh, and 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 we 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 truly believe that Allah Almighty hears hears our prayers, and we've seen wonders through it. So mm-hmm. with that, you know, we we um, we we're of course coming to the end of the program. Uh, we're not going anywhere. We're coming back where Fahim is going to be taking the lead here on uh, <laughs> on tech. What is it called? Tech. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the Drive Time show here at Voice of Islam. You're listening to Fahim and Rahil and we are discussing in this second hour tech innovators for good. And you're probably wondering what is tech innovators for good? Well, it's the third part that we're going to be having today of a series that we've been uh, discussing mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of months. Um we've had two uh, episodes and um and uh, yeah, we've if you want to check that out, you can go to our website, uh, go have a look on SoundCloud, type in tech innovators for good, you'll find the other episodes. And um, yeah, so uh, what what is it? So it's a it's a series where we discuss people who are creating tech uh, that is helping the world in a better place and mm-hmm. making a positive difference. And in the last episode, we discussed quite a few different startups. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners about the yeah, other startups that we list? Yeah, so we spoke about um, Sana Labs, which is a startup that uses AI to create an innovative learning experience. Uh, basically prioritizes um you know personal learning needs to effectively deliver um training courses um you know to teams and then there's another startup known as go student is a platform for uh, online learning that connects students with qualified tutors to help further their education virtually um circles is another uh, startup uh, that that we spoke about is 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 a mental health startup actually yeah. uh, that that is revolutionizing the you know the way consumers access uh, support groups so these were some of the you know startups we spoke about yeah no definitely in, in, as mentioned you can go find that episode and listen to into that um if you want to hear more about those startups we discussed quite a few that day so um what are we uh, dis- what are we discussing today we're discussing the problem of climate change mm. and we are looking at because there are actually quite a few tech startups out there that are tackling the if- issue of climate change and um yeah so we thought we'd dedicate a whole episode on this series uh, around that so we should i i do you feel like you always hear a lot about climate change but you don't actually know what it is half the time that people are talking about because sometimes it can get a bit technical <coughs> and stuff so i think w- with all of these things i think that you yeah. know we should always start off with a bit of an explanation of okay what's the problem here and then we'll talk about these startups and okay. you know what they're trying to solve 
Yeah, of course. So um, I think, uh, you know, of course, climate change refers to a long term changes in the Earth's climate patterns. Uh, primarily driven by the increase in greenhouse gas emissions from human activities, such as burning fossil fuel, you know, coal, oil, and, and, and natural gases, um, defrostration, and also the industrial processes that we see around us. That's basically, you know, yeah, pretty much. So, it. like, so I like to, because I like to explain things to myself, and you know, to really simplify it so that you know it's accessible to everybody because sometimes it just goes over your head right so mm-hmm. for me it's like how i've described it is is imagine the earth is like this really big cozy blanket right <laughs> that, that keeps us warm but <coughs> the things that we're doing they're making that blanket way too warm and one of the main things we're doing is is you know using stuff like coal um, oil and gas to make energies for things like cars and houses so when we use those things they like make something called greenhouse gases which go up into the sky basically mm. and th- and that's like the kind of like simple mm. way of looking at it to really understand but the you're thing is, is you're probably explaining it to an 8 year old when we were 8 year olds basically that's ideal because today's 8 year old bro yeah. come on that's true they'll probably yeah. like cite some uh, they'll probably think that's gone over uh, my head yeah the first explanation was much better. <laughs> exactly. What is this? It's too simple for yeah. me. No, definitely. But um, yeah, uh, so this leads to events such as extreme weather, um, you know, including things like um, hurricanes and droughts and floods and wildfires. These events can have devastating consequences for communities, um, ecosystems and economies. Uh other events such as rising sea levels, the warming of the earth, which we mentioned, causes the polar ice caps and glaciers to melt, leading to rising sea levels. Higher sea levels can result in coastal erosion, increased flooding and the displacement of coastal communities. Um, there's also ecosystem disruption. Uh, climate change disrupts the ecosystem and threatens biodiversity, which leads to loads of um, species that are struggling to adapt and you know are finding are having to migrate to more suitable habitat habitats um, f- the, uh, human health impacts this is the, this is one that like you know I feel like we should really pay attention to not just because it impacts our health but you know um, it's important uh, heat related illnesses the spread of infectious diseases you know we were discussing this earlier with the, the cancer and food and water shortages can result from changing climate patterns and finally the economic impact damage to infrastructure decreased agricultural productivity and increased healthcare costs are some of the financial burdens that come with climate change the thing is is that the severity of climate change depends on various factors and you know including the rate of greenhouse gas emissions global efforts to migrate emissions and societal adaption adaptation methods what we are finding is that many scientific studies have warned that continued inaction on reducing emissions could lead to catastrophic consequences but achieving these targets uh, requires global cooperation i think that that's where where it's struggling um and significant reductions in (coughs) greenhouse gases but the thing is that they're as a result of things that we use so heavily so that's the problem there so 
why have we gone on this uh, long-winded explanation of greenhouse gases and climate change impacts um, is because there are technology uh, tech startups that are trying to tackle this issue they're using different innovative ways to you know really tackle the problem head-on and you know as you said it's something that is a we need global cooperation to achieve these things so um there are tech, tech startups around the world that are stepping up to this challenge mm-hmm. you know they're <coughs> leveraging their creativity um, ingenuity and cutting edge solutions to develop novel approaches to uh, mitigating the climate change problem and building a more sustainable future for us all you know in this like it's always evolving but these startups are like not just they're not just embracing innovation they're not just trying to do it all they they also actually redefining <coughs> the very essence of entrepreneurship you know mm-hmm. that for me entrepreneurship is there's a problem and you're finding a solution to it and you know every business take any business in the world it is solving a problem for a certain individual and that is that is what these um and you know what what better way to have um a mission for a company right like to have one that's actually making the world a better place and that's why we do this show this is why we're having this series is so that you know we're highlighting the good thing that companies are doing um and you know we're going to touch some of these uh, touch on some of these uh, startups today and we're going to delve into what they're trying to achieve um and their mission but um so to give uh some context to this first startup we have a uh, short uh explanation of carbon offsetting which uh we want to play for you because it will give you context into this next um startup that we're, well the first startup that we're going to discuss um so we're just going to play that for you now Carbon offsetting simply means that businesses and individuals extract the same amount of carbon from the atmosphere that they produce, therefore balancing out their emissions. All businesses and individuals emit carbons into the atmosphere. Things like aeroplanes, running a home or business, and car fumes are all contributors. With all this excess carbon being emitted into the environment, the effects of climate change are ramped up and air quality is reduced. Offsetting is where businesses or individuals can contribute money to counteract the carbons they emit. This money is used to reduce the carbon in the atmosphere around the world. Examples of this include planting trees to absorb the carbon from the environment or installing solar panels in developing countries to reduce the burning of coal. By offsetting your emissions with SOS Ecological, you will help clear the polluted air and slow the effects of climate change for future generations. And so that's carbon offsetting and you know it's a practice aimed at compensating for greenhouse gas emissions so the reason why we wanted to give you that context is because we're going to first talk about uh Pachama which is um a carbon offsetting startup uh that is trying to tackle that problem so um Pachama um they specialize in using technology to address cli- climate change having been founded in um 2018 by Diego Seisgill uh, if i'm pronouncing that correctly um it's garnered attention for its innovative approach to carbon offsetting and forest conservation so what they have is they have their mission 
which uh, it revolves around protecting and restoring the world's forests as a means to combat f- uh, climate change. Forests are critical in absorbing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, making them essential in reducing greenhouse gas emissions and mitigating global warming. So how does that work? So with Pachma, uh, they utilize a combination of satellite imaging, artificial intelligence, and machine learning to monitor and quantify carbon sequestration in forests. They offer a platform that connects forest project developers with individuals, businesses and organizations seeking to offset their carbon emissions through reforestation and forest conservation projects. They do this through, there's one, two, three, four, um, four ways. Carbon Offset Marketplace. <coughs> this is uh, Pachama's platform which allows the users to browse and invest in a variety of carbon offset projects, ensuring transparency and traceability in the offsetting process. Forest monitoring technology. This this is where they employ some of the uh, most advanced remote sensing technologies to monitor the health and growth of these forests, providing real-time data to project developers and stakeholders. In addition to this, they have forest certification. They work with these projects to meet rigorous rigorous environmental and social standards, ensuring that their efforts not only com- combat the climate change, but also promote sustainable practices and benefit local communities. So they're giving back in that as well. Um, and innovative partnerships um, is the final one, which you know it uses, it collaborates with organisations and companies to scale up reforestation efforts, including working with Microsoft on their carbon removal portfolio and Stripe uh, to help company reach their carbon neutrality. So. Pachama's approach to carbon offsetting and forest conservation has gained a lot of traction, and this is why we mentioned it, because uh, especially amongst the climate-conscious individuals and businesses seeking to reduce their carbon footprint, by leveraging this cutting-edge technology, they are um, you know, using data as well, uh, which is at the core of their machine learning. Um, they are making it easier for a broader audi- audience to contribute to these efforts against climate change. So... For me, I think that's like, like you know, I'm sure you'll talk about the um, the Islamic principles of um, you know uh, looking after the earth that we live in, and um, you know uh, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Association uh, has also mentioned about um, that you should uh, plant trees, um, but we can talk about that afterwards. But um, what I was yeah. saying that um, for me, I think that ultimately when you see a problem with the world and you are creating a solution that's um solving it it's it's one to be remembered and we i wanted to highlight this uh, specific topic climate change and how we're using technology because a lot of people are often thinking about uh, ai and oh it's replacing jobs it's you know it's gonna make uh, the, the robots are gonna come and they're gonna you know take over and lock <coughs> us away and things like that and there's a lot of fear mongery going on around it so like for me i feel like highlighting issues like this that are affecting us all and making sure that we you know really understand um the use of technology in a positive way because um you know i was recently um 
listening to a podcast which was discussing the importance of breathing and how in enclosed spaces there's like there's a reason why you need to open the windows and like let a bit of air in and you know get out for those walks in the fresh air and stuff because the amount of like even in this room i'm sure there's as uh, as we're speaking the amount that we're speaking and how long we're staying in here there's an increase uh, the carbon dioxide is being increased which will impact our like you know we'll feel more lethargic we'll feel more tired and it is actually impacting us so making sure that we look after our breathing how do we look after our breathing is by having trees which are providing that oxygen for us and taking up that carbon dioxide so for me i think that it's always such a good thing to have uh companies that are working towards this problem and yeah it's it's very islamic right real like you know it's absolutely a, it's something that you feel um is in line with islamic principles which constantly tells you that you know look after the earth that is you know that we've been gifted with right absolutely and and, and the word that she uses is 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 is, is an amana right we are the vicegerents of god on this earth and and you know we are we are told to you know as you know our, our responsibility as 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 guardians of this you know uh, planet and is 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 creatures is to is to protect it um and this is why um you know we have um you know few, few examples i can mention for the life of the prophet himself mm-hmm. uh, for instance the usage of water the waste of water right um and you know uh, one of one of the companions of the prophet known as sa'd ibn waqas may allah be pleased with him while he was performing wudu right this is ab- abolition before um you know worship before prayers he said that you know the prophet asked sa'd what is this wastage sa'd replied he, he may have been using a lot of water right is mm. there a, is there wastage in wudu he said um, the prophet peace be upon him replied yes even if you are at a flowing river oh wow right so even if you are at a flowing river even then you should be mindful of it's just to give 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 what a reminder you know that 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 is that Uh, this this small interaction exemplifies the importance of not wasting vital resources and, and only using them for uh, your actual need hmm. and we have examples from the prophet where they said that one saw i mean i think one cup of water he could do wudu is one one cup of water and he he, he would show his companions how to do it wow right so it, it really goes to show that uh, you know that we don't really need as much of resources that we think and i was going to ask you questions with regards to offsetting this this word offsetting hmm. right Uh, I mean don't you think companies have uh, you know a lot more responsibility of not doing the damage at the first place yeah that's a very important question because it's just a cycle isn't it mm. what they're saying is okay we can plant this much trees but for that for those trees to uh, you know be beneficial to to mankind you know uh, no I totally hear you because you basically uh, correct me if I'm wrong you you're saying that yeah. um why plant the trees to you know make up for the ones chopping them down just stop chopping them now <laughs> right yeah, now I'm, i'm asking that based on the fact that we where there are needs hmm. and there are you know um times where we need things okay i mean we need trees of course for yeah. you know for 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 all these different reasons but i'm saying is there has to be some you know there has to be importance there as well hmm. uh, you know just not just on the offsetting part because yeah. it, it really becomes easy for these you know companies that are you know profiting in millions of dollars or you know for, yeah. for 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 them to give some in charity and say look you know we 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 offsetting in a way yeah no i i hear what you're saying like see the thing is is that i feel like 
there's so much damage already <clears throat> done that like and you know some of it was done unknowingly mm-hmm. but i think that there's a lot going on where we need to just be more aware of it and for me i think that yes whereas i agree i say that yes they should be it should be less offsetting it should just be like dealing with the issue right um uh and so i think that you ultimately have to just you need to find the solution right like the thing is the the reason why this is happening is because we rely on this like society relies on cars houses and all of the things that we use this for so using technology to offset that i think is a good thing and that's why like we're talking about these um today yeah, yeah. and um and so the next startup one wanted to discuss uh was another one um in a, in a bit of a different area where it's talking about solar power mm-hmm. that's right so when um when solar power uh the, the so solar power is also known as solar energy as people uh, I just want to provide some context uh, before we go into this uh, Aurora solar because it'll help understand what they're trying to do um, so solar energy um, or solar power is a renewable and sustainable source of electricity generated from the radiant energy of the Sun so it involves the conversion of sunlight into electrical energy using solar panels or photovoltaic cells when sunlight hits these cells it excites electrons creating an electrical current this electricity can be used to power homes businesses and various devices providing a clean and environmentally friendly alternative to fossil fuels solar powers is a key component of the global effort to combat climate change and transition to more more of a sustainable energy future so with that in mind solar power clearly can help us uh, address this issue and you know give us that more sustainable future so what is it that aurora solar are doing um Aurora Solar is an innovative startup that has gained recognition for its pioneering work in the field of solar energy. It was founded in 2013 <coughs> by Samuel Adeyemo and Christopher Hopper. Uh, Aurora Solar has emerged as a leader in providing solar design and sales software solutions, transforming the way the solar industry um operates so they're making it a lot more optimized and enabling it to to spread better so what is their mission aurora solar's mission actually revolves around accelerating the adoption of solar energy by making the solar installation process more efficient accessible and cost effective uh, cost effective the reason why this there is a need for this i'm sure have you been approached by anybody for solar panels ever (laughs) I think I have. I yeah. feel like everybody I know in the UK just like gets a random call by like, "Hey, you yeah. got some solar panels." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so I feel like there's <coughs> definitely an adoption thing there. Yeah. That you know I'm not seeing it as much, and you know, um, it is, and this is where I feel like uh, countries uh, maybe less developed than ours are going to be ahead of the game because they are installing solar panels they are making things way more efficient yeah. um, but, 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 but just to just to 
ask you a question. I mean, how much how much benefit it is of you know, especially in the UK, considering the weather and all of these things. Yeah. Right. Um, of course, there there is benefit, but is it? Do you think it? Because as compared to, because I I recently visited um, this recently recently mean a year ago. That was February twenty twenty two Pakistan, and I went to my yeah. village, right? Yeah. And they had solar panels all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And they were running their, you know, um, whole village, their, their whole village, yeah. extracting water from the ground and all of these things, you know, based on that. So they want some people weren't even using electricity at all, uh, but I think that's possible because they have enough sunlight. I might sound really not right, right there, but you know, if if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think here in this country. We do have sunlight, but I'm saying yeah. countries. You're saying like you know uh, countries that, such as Africa or Asia. Uh, you know, compared you know the weather that they have, I think they can they can benefit a lot more than us. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, yeah, it's it's gonna impact it, but ultimately, like the process as as we explained um you know it, it when sunlight hits these cells it excites the electrons and creates that electrical current um and then that can be stored um and then uh relayed at different times when the weather isn't so good so i think it's about capturing that um you know uh capturing that sunlight um during those very summery months um, and making sure that it spreads across the um, rest of the year but let's talk more about the Aurora Solar's um, software because the thing is that um, it's all well and good you know having the mission to empower solar professionals with cutting edge tools and data driven insights using AI etc but what does that actually mean like how does it impact people mm. um so what what it is is Aurora Solar has uh, their offer is a cloud-based platform that revolutionizes the solar design and sales process. Mm-hmm. They do this with five different aspects. So the design software um it allows people professionals in the solar industry um, to create uh, accurate and customized solar designs for residential and commercial projects. It considers factors such as shading, roof orientation, local regulations <coughs> to optimize system layouts. So I, f- I feel like that would be super helpful, right? Because, like, you know, there's different types of um, buildings, you know, there's the, are they south-facing, are they north-facing? There's, there's all these different mm-hmm. things to consider. Yep. And if you've got a software that's going to be able to design and optimize that for you, that's great, right? Like, we yeah. can actually make a massive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, financial analysis. The platform provides detailed financial analysis, including cost estimates, saving projections, and return on investment calculations, you know, to help customers make informed decisions about their solar installations. So, you know, like you were saying, like, oh, is it going to be worth it in this country? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you should check out the uh, Aurora Solar's (laughs) financial analysis uh, section and and check from there. Um, And then thirdly, we've got a remote site assessment which is uh, Aurora Solar l- using satellite imagery and advanced algorithms to a- assess a, pol- a property's solar potential remotely. This reduces the need for time-consuming. So this is this so is this is really good, right? This is exactly really what I was asking, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that way they can probably just see, you know, 
how much benefit can a consumer, yeah. you know, uh, and take out from it. And you do all using satellites and, you know, the imagery yeah, yeah. and projections and that way it's like, okay. Um, and then the... Um, they also have like uh this the software also um provides proposal generation which uh generates professional proposals proposals and reports for customers enhancing the sales process mm-hmm. that's sort of thing a bit more helpful for the, uh people specifically in the uh, solar industry and um finally the integration the software integrates with various solar equipment su- suppliers and financing options uh, streamlining the procurement and financing of aspects of solar projects and you know that's where I feel like um, there'll be a lot of benefit to um, see the thing is is that this is a globe like the problem with climate change is a global issue yeah. right it's not just like uh, yes everybody can do their individual part but it takes a, a group um, yeah, collective yeah. and I think that that's where these types of uh, startups are really the pioneers the the leaders that can start to like you know hey mm. we've got this mission we're trying to do this and, and we go from there but yeah what, what are your thoughts on solar panels and ha- would you get would you get solar panels um, yeah I mean if they're ben- beneficial if they can reduce my bill yeah. why not <laughs> at the end of the day you see um, that's what that's what a lot of I feel like and this is where the, the financial analysis is pretty good is that um, a lot of the times people say that okay cool it's a big upfront um, like cost in the beginning yeah. um, but it it ultimately um, pays off pays off yeah. So, but then, like, <coughs> if you're gonna move house, why are you gonna do that for someone? You know, like, there's, there's yeah. so many other things to think about, and I think it's a, mm. it's a difficult one, right? So, so I think it's it's it will mainly be for those who own their property. I think, I, I guess, because because they, um, you know, can they, they can and, and and someone who's gonna stay in that property for a long time, um, but they, they, you know, there may come a time where majority of the houses have sort of solar pan- panels, you know, at you know, at, uh, at the first place. Um, but moving forward, I, th- I think there's one of the aspects that we were speaking about is water before, isn't it? Say saving, you know, from from the Islamic pers- perspective, and yeah. you know, um, and 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 of course, you know, th- as you we mentioned, there's so many lessons that we can learn from the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him as well. And um, you know, now as as I was mentioning before, like in in one in, in one of the traditions, he mentioned that I'm in this world like a rider who holds in the shade of a tree. For a short time, and, and and after taking some rest, resumes his journey, leaving the tree behind. And it's it's basically a very meaningful message for those who delve, you know, a little deeper. Um, you know, firstly, we pick up the importance of and significance of trees for for the, for for the shade they provide. Um, however, the greater message in the understanding uh, is that although we are on Earth, uh, but this is temporary, right? And um, it teaches us that as human beings, we are mainly travelers and, and and it goes back to the same message with regards to um, you know on, only using the resources um, you know to, to to the extent that you need them and I think it's, it's for all of us when when we see around us we're actually yeah. using more than we need and I yeah. think that that's a big problem we're consuming so so much you know um, and, and, and that way the quality whether it's clothing or anything if you see right how everything is just available in an instant mm. right um, and, and I think this is a message. You know, that we when have. you when you said about the um, being able to do um, ablution uh, with just a cup of water. Yeah, I've tried. It's quite difficult, but but you can do it. Yeah, but like that made me crumble. Like literally, <laughs> like I was like, oh yeah. wow, yeah, like, yeah. a cup of water. 
and I think sometimes you know sometimes you just like turn on the tap before yeah. you've even got ready like the amount of water that you've probably wasted 100%. just in that little bit mm-hmm. or like um, you know you're filling up the kettle and you just like fill it up to the top for no entire reason and you boil it and it just sits mm. there and it's just there. all these little things that you know you you really think um, I, f- I feel like that made me really think when you said that yeah I mean th- I mean that's the thing I mean when we speak about the Islamic faith it's not just um, I mean it's we speak about it you know it, it, it being a living faith right so you know it's 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 very much related to nature right um, and 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 it's it's, it's part of of every, every it's, it's every part of our life right whether mm-hmm. it's work whether it's your family yeah uh, you know um, whether it's taking care of your neighbors and all of these things you know we always speak about it here that is Sharia. That is, you know, the the law of Islam, which which mm-hmm. encapsulates and covers all these different subjects, and 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 taking care of that, and 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 aligning yourself and 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 doing in accordance with what you're commanded, makes you a Muslim. That's the very definition of being a Muslim, right? Yeah. So I think all of these, uh, and especially this, you know, talking about climate change, you were speaking about the Caliph, and the the current Khalifa of the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him. Yeah has you know on numerous occasions have you know have, have 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 spoken about it and encouraged actually the youngsters to you know walk more cycle more you plant know, trees plant trees and there's something that happens within the community on a yeah. auxiliary le- level you know women also take part in this it, yeah. um, you know in this process as as, as well but as we, young we've had family ones yeah, we've had like different young and old, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody so. does what they they can do but i think <coughs> majority the consumption part, I think we we also need to look look at, yeah. you know, family to family, uh, and also I mean at the company level because that's subsetting thing. Remember I was speaking yeah. about, but I, so a lot I needs to be done there because a lot a lot of crit- criticism comes from there. But that but but that brings me to I mean one of the discussions that do take place and and you see these videos right climate yeah. climate change ac- change activists yeah right um, do you agree with their approach because they they point of view is this right that you can talk all you want about it, right? But nothing really happens, yeah. according to them, right? Yeah. That there are certain promises that governments make, you know, prime ministers make. They get together, but nothing really, you know, happens. They don't, they don't reach a, their their goals. And the reason they don't reach their goals is because the profits on the other end, you know, they have to meet those prof, prof, profits as well. So, what would you say to that? I would say that. I'm going to give you an example here, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you're driving and someone just really aggressively cuts you off and then, you know, just that like, you get frustrated from that, right? And then you go and then you meet <coughs> that person in another setting, yep. right? And they're saying something. Whatever they're saying, you are less likely to hear what they're saying because of how they made you feel, right? So that for me I think that while maybe what they're trying to do is the right message I don't think that it is the right approach because because ultimately that the thing is is that you're just people are less likely to listen to you right like if you do something that's just you know, like I've seen how they're just blocking roads and there's people who need to get to places very urgently for very pressing matters. And while 
I think it's a good thing to that they, you know to stand up for what you believe in and to you know really promote a message message through and through and live it. But I think that ultimately it's just the wrong way to go about it because you're just alienating a massive percentage of the world just by your actions, right? Mm, absolutely, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I mean, people are going to hospitals or you know people have got different appointments or. You know, going to school and you know the day day to day life, and and I think from our perspective, um, you know we we, we often say this, and, and <laughs> if you know you know that that there, there is no compulsion in religion, and the very fact why we say this is the fact that it it is about changing the heart. You can make you can force someone to do something, but if you haven't really won the heart, you know then they're not doing it out of their will. Then there's no point, right? That's that that's the very understanding is is that you want people to understand these concepts and what's happening. And and I, I actually change for them, so, you know, ch- do the cha- take the change, from, uh, you know, make the change, you know, in themselves, yeah. you know, in themselves. But but, but 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 the issue here is not the people, right? It's policymakers and mm. policies that are being made at you know levels where the the the, no, the normal public does 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 doesn't have a reach to, and they can't. They, those people cannot be held accountable, right? Yeah. This is this is the problem. You can have ULEs and all of that, and a lot of people are criticizing this as yeah. well, you know, ULEs and all of this. But then. And then, but there are there are companies where, you know, um, they can simply just offset and say, okay, we'll plant these many trees. Yeah. Because the. So I think it's a very difficult sort of a d- discussion. Yeah. But the thing is, we, ha- we have to be honest about it. Hundred percent. I think that that's that's key. And like you know, there are decision makers who aren't making the right decisions and maybe not thinking about the um, the really important decisions that they could make that uh, would actually make a difference and but then there are companies like these right that are making a difference and they're trying to um do that with so the next one that i wanted to speak about uh, is uh, desalinator which is uh, about a startup focused on uh, addressing two pressing global challenges simultaneously uh, one is the clean water scarcity and the other one is the sustainable energy production. So this startup was um, founded by William Jansen uh, and Louisa Tempo in 2015. The company has developed a groundbreaking technology that harnesses solar energy to desalinate water, uh, making it safe and accessible for communities worldwide. The reason uh, we need something like this is because approximately 97.5% of the world's, of the Earth's water is not drinkable because it is in the form of salt water in oceans. So, you know, you often like probably think that oh, there's plenty of water around, but there mm-hmm. really isn't. Um, hmm. So, because and the reason why is that because it's too salty for us to consume. You've you've had salt water. You've had water from yeah. the beach or whatever in your mouth, right? It's not nice at all. So, um, without undergoing desalination, that I am fluffing my words today, um, and. Um, a cost desalination is it? Yes, is saying, yeah. and uh, a costly and energy-intensive uh, process that converts salt water into fresh water. So, only about two point five percent of the Earth's water is fresh water, and of this fresh water, approximately sixty-eight point seven percent is locked in ice caps and glaciers, making it inaccessible for immediate use. About thirty percent is groundwater, which is stored underground in aquifers. 
This is a significant source of fresh water for drinking and agriculture, and less than three, less than zero point three percent is found in rivers, lakes, and swamps, which are the primary sources of readily available fresh water for humans to use. So, with that in mind, um, Desalinator's mission uh, revolves around providing affordable and sustainable solutions for clean, safe drinking water, particularly in the regions where freshwater resources are limited or contaminated. Their technology also aligns with efforts to reduce the environmental impact of desalination process. Desalinator's core innovation lies in its solar des- desalination technology, which is designed to convert salt water, which we have plenty of, um, including seawater, uh, into fresh water through a solar driven process so i'm really intrigued um about how this works and mm-hmm. i'm sure you are too um yeah. so how does it work so they use solar panels um to generate el- electricity from sunlight that electricity powers the desalination process the thermal desalination um is a technique um used by the desalinator is where solar generated electricity is used to heat the saline water this results in evaporation leaving the salt behind and producing fresh water vapor that vapor water is then condensed back into liquid form resulting in purified desalinated water that can be used for drinking irrigation and other purposes the thing is is that um, what's great about this is that the efficiency and scalability um, their technology is designed to be as energy efficient and scalable as possible making it suitable for a range of applications from providing clean water to remote communities to supporting agricultural and industrial needs so yeah like that's that's a really good solution to uh, a problem because I find that um, mm-hmm. you know I, I can't remember the statistic, but <coughs> you know a lot of uh, people don't understand how much water mm. is used to create uh, a beef burger. Mm. Right? Like um, uh, so we use water in so much capacity for things that we, as you mentioned, like you know we don't need as many of these things that we have access to especially here in the developed world um so this is taking something that we have lots of 97.5 percent uh to be exact um of the earth's water um that we can use to create drinkable water think about Mm. all of the solutions that we could find here for less developed countries right yeah yeah and one of the things that you know i was thinking of you know a lot of the time um, you know, the third world countries are told to take steps towards more efficient resources and all of these things. I mean, if you really think about it, addressing the, you know, the climate change in third world countries, let's say, you know, it requires ensuring that, you know, they can actually afford the transition to electric or more, you know, efficient energy, uh, you know, sources, as opposed to, you know, the Western world, which have, having reaped, you know, significant profits from industrialization or, you know, other ways, um, you know they they are at a lu- 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 they are at a luxury where they can now you know make that transition to more sustainable resources. Whereas third world countries they can't you know the members of third world countries they might not even be able to afford you know uh, to put food on the table two times a day, mm. right? So 
to asking them to stop the coal, you know, um, yeah. you know, uh, burning coal and all of these of things, without the, without the um, effort and help of external, you know, uh, especially the, you know, the, you know, the Western countries, which, which have been reaping benefit, which have been, yeah. you know, uh, rocking amount of, you know, um, profits. They can't. They can't make that change. It's not possible at all. Yeah. And I think now. Now I've recently been reading up on, especially the African unions and you know countries coming together and they've increased you know the you know, the prices of the resources and yeah. you know the and the extraction of resources from the country because if you really think about it, they're the country that are actually rich, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? The cocoa and all of these yeah. things are coming from Africa, and but it's it's that. The West is benefiting and have benefited for, for a very long time. Definitely. So yeah. there has to be, and and this is where Islam speaks about this, that you cannot usurp the, you know the right, uh, the the, the, res- the sources and the resources yeah. of 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 uh, you know these countries, right? Without you know without giving them their fair share. Yeah. So the fair share should be given, and yeah. and this is where the emphasis is, right? Um, I think this is one point that I didn't want to address because. A lot of times, a lot of talk, a lot of talk ha- talks, ha- you know, talks happen with regards to climate change and all of these things. Yeah. But that cannot actively happen, in especially the third world countries, unless you address the real issues that these, you know, these people have, or, yeah. or you give them their fair share. Well, no, hundred percent, because you know, as we said at the top of the show, it's a global effort, right? Like mm. you, you know, you can't like be like, oh, you know what, we're gonna try and solve the climate change uh, problem. But yeah, we're gonna go and like be unjust and not and just ravage different places yeah, for resources. Exactly, right? and, and, and the, the entire process of transition, it's right? the, the entire process of transition, yeah. it itself costs. Mm. It's not a free. It's not a free yeah. transition, right? That transition itself costs mm. a lot, right? Whether well, it's it is a luxury, whether it's, let's say we were speaking about startups, right? Yeah. How much investment does a single startup need? Exactly. You probably know yeah, better yeah. than me. And Millions, for, yeah. for 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 it to even go, you know, further and develop into something that's really beneficial, mm. right? So th- th- this is exactly what we're saying, and I think this is, uh, you know, important. I think, yeah, it's as you were saying, you, you know, you rightly said it's a global effort, mm. and you know, people need to come together and and actually, you know. Um, Help these start startups that, that that are making the change. Definitely. Um, there's, I have lots more startups to discuss, yeah. but I want to just get onto one more before the end of the show. Yeah. So, um, the one I wanted to discuss, uh, it's called Carbon Cure, and what they do is they do concrete manufacturing. Uh, carbon Cure Technologies uh, focuses on reducing carbon emissions associated with concrete production while simultaneously enhancing the performance of concrete. Concrete is important because of what we've heard recently about the schools as well, the concrete issue. Um, so founded in 2007, it's not much of a startup now, but uh, it's one of those uh, important tech companies. Uh, Carbon Cure has emerged as a leader in the field of sustainable construction materials. The Most people probably don't think too much about concrete, um, but it's actually everywhere if you think mm. about it. Um, when they were talking about the the <coughs> issue with schools, it wasn't just schools; it was hospitals, government buildings, so many different places. So it is all around us. You're probably surrounded by it right now as you're listening. Mm. Um, so greenhouse. Uh, so while it's a versatile and durable building material, the production process is associated with a lot of uh, various environmental concerns. 
just some of these problems like green ca- uh, greenhouse gas emissions, resource extraction, um, you know, mining of uh, raw materials like limestone, clay, etc. Uh, it disrupts uh, ecosystems, water use, it uses a l- can strain a lot of the local water resources, especially in water scarce areas, waste generation, um, transportation, just to name a few. So what is Carbon Cure's mission? Um, their mission revolves around transforming the concrete industry by reducing the carbon footprint while maintaining or improving the quality and durability of concrete. They achieve this by leveraging innovative carbon capture and utilization technologies. To put this into perspective, Carbon Cure tries to reduce and remove 500 million tons of embodied carbon emissions every year the equivalent of taking a hundred million gas-powered cars off the road wow that's pretty good right mm-hmm. so um very quickly how does it work um they have uh, carbon capture co2 injection and improvised concrete performance and sustainability so we had a lot more to discuss, but as it always goes with these interesting topics, we find ourselves running out of time. So if you have more to add to this discussion, you know, get involved on social media, send us a message uh, and we'll get back to you. Um, so as we wrap up this enlightening radio show, exploring startups that are changing the world through innovative technology, there's a profound lesson we can draw from the heart of Islamic teachings. It's a reminder echoed in the Quran and Hadith, emphasizing our responsibility as stewards of the earth. In Surah Ram, uh, chapter 30, verse 42, uh, it is said, uh, corruption has appeared on land and sea because of what men's hands have wrought that he may make them taste the fruit of some of their wrongdoings so that they may turn back from evil this timeless wisdom reminds us of our duty to protect and care for the precious planet that we've been entrusted with um, you know in today's discussion we witnessed uh, how startups like Pachma and Calvin Cure etc um, are living embodiments of this Islamic principle. So with that in mind, you know, we wanted to thank all of our listeners today. We wanted to thank um, the producers as well, mm-hmm. um, who this show wouldn't be possible without, and the tech team as well. And um, I would like to you know, thank the producers, Sabiha Tariq and Friyal Nasir, and the tech team who have always been there to help us Um we hope you enjoyed today's uh, show and we look forward to speaking to you again. Please get in touch if you want to um, give us any feedback. Uh, please forgive any mis- uh, mistakes and this is the news.